Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Oh, and welcome. I am so delighted to have an incredible panel today. Wow, we are going to knock it out of the park. We are talking all things vegan, particularly the fact that veganism is rising faster in the African-American community than in any other demographic, which is extraordinary. And there are so many reasons for it. We're going to learn more about that. Let's start with Brenda Sanders. Um, tell us about the Afro-Vegan Society, Veguary, and why you connected Veguary with Black History Month. Yes, hi. So uh, uh, Afro-Vegan Society is a nonprofit organization uh, with a mission to make vegan living accessible to everyone, right? So our goal is to make sure that this information about um, how to go, how to eat plant-based, how to live vegan is uh, going out to to everyone, even communities uh, that have typically not been advocated to. And Veguary is our 28-day uh, vegan pledge program. We just launched it this year. We're really excited about it. And it's all about uh, celebrating Black history and vegan living and the, com- the connections between the Black community and the vegan lifestyle. So we chose so how- to do it during this month uh, to sort of uh, commemorate the Black History Month experience. How's it going? What's the response been? It's going really well. We have um, about 2,000 people who pledged uh, to go vegan for the month of February. And we, you know, have just been so engaged with folks on every platform. We have the Facebook group that is just so dynamic. And we have so many folks uh, just contributing and and um, excited about this process. Um, we, you know, it, it's just a really great time. We're having a great time with it. Now, Naja Wright Brown of the land of Kush and so many other things. Honestly, it's hard to keep up with all the things that you're doing. How are you working with Veganuary? And tell us about your work on the East Coast, particularly in Maryland, uh, to expand veganism through restaurants, through organizations. Uh, just give us the lowdown because obviously that connects very, very strongly with Veguary. Well, you know, Brenda Sanders is my piece. We birthed <laughs> vegan so fast. So when the birth of uh, Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week came about and we do it twice a year, uh, me and Sam, uh, the owner of Golden West Cafe, when I heard about Veguary, I'm like, yo, this ties all together so we can get folks out in Maryland to try more plant-based options because we're promoting restaurants that are adding these options onto the menu. So everything kind of ties together. And I've always been a collaborative person. I love collaborations. I love good strategic partnerships. And I think all of this works together. Now, uh, let's bring in Sam Klassen. You are the example that these ladies would like to spread throughout the United States and the world where you run what I would call just today in today's world, a regular restaurant, but you're incorporating more vegan options as a result of their push. And how is that going? 
Oh, great. Um, we actually started doing a vegan week independently in 2012. Um, because we'd always been veg friendly, we've always had a vegan dish or two on our menu. Um, we've been around since 1997. Um, and it just, as time evolved, we just saw a larger population coming into the restaurant that wanted veg options, vegetarian, vegan options. And when that became really prevalent, it became really clear to us that there weren't enough places to meet the needs. You know, it was a huge underserved community. So we started that in 2012. And then a few years later, Nausea came in during a vegan week and we got to talking and the rest is history, right? So we've been working with restaurants all over Maryland, uh, you know, maybe more traditional or omni restaurants to push vegan options uh, just to get encourage them to try to make foods that are plant-based and have more inclusive menus. Um, and the response has been really huge. You know, I think this is a notch, the seventh or eighth. It's the eighth one. I couldn't believe what they were doing because you know, everybody assumes I eat at the land of Kush all the time. No, I don't. I'm all over the city, all over the state, and I love to eat different foods. So I couldn't believe what they were doing in there. I said, you're not a vegan restaurant. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this. We don't want an exclusive club and it's a process, not an event. So uh, how are we going to veganize society? How are we going to get to a plant-based world to save the planet from a climate apocalypse to end world hunger? Because animals are eating a huge percentage, if not the vast majority of the food produced, 75% of soy, at least 50% of corn, while children are going hungry. To stop uh, preventable lifestyle diseases like heart disease and cancer. How are we going to get to that finish line unless we... Um, stop acting or don't act, I'm not saying we are, but don't act like an exclusive club, but open the doors to allow others who are on the journey in and um, let them go through that process. Because some of us, it's an event. We see a video, we, we hear something, we read something, bingo. But for a lot of people, it happens more slowly. So ultimately, what would be great is, and this is from Default Veg, another great organization, you go into a restaurant, it doesn't say vegan anywhere, but it's either entirely plant-based or mostly plant-based. And guess what? That has actually happened to me in Los Angeles. I walked into a juice bar and I was waiting and I was looking around and I said, nothing says vegan in a sign, but everything here is vegan. Right. They were a vegan restaurant and they didn't even know it. Wow. That is, that was one of the most thrilling experiences. Uh, and I've been also to restaurants that are primarily plant-based and they'll have one option so that the, the, for example, the dairy option or the egg option is the outlier, but the rest of the menu is vegan. What are you seeing there? Um, and we'll just do a round robin with everybody. Brenda, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like in this day and time, it, it doesn't even make sense for restaurants to not have um, a largely plant-based menu because there's so much that we can do with plant-based foods at this point, And there's so many options at this point. It only makes sense. I mean, 
especially with all the health concerns and all the climate concerns, I mean, it's time for folks to really get serious about integrating these plant-based foods into their menus. And I am starting to see it more and more. And that's just so encouraging. So, uh, Naja, you run a vegan restaurant, Land of Kush. Anybody you're in anywhere near Baltimore, check it out because I see the videos of these incredible dishes and I wish I could fly from LA to Baltimore and just have lunch with you. One day we'll do it. Yes. Uh, but um, what are you seeing about some of, I wouldn't call them, well, you know, in the, in the carnist mentality, they'd be your competitors, but uh, other restaurants, let's just put it that way. What are you seeing in terms of Baltimore as a microcosm of perhaps America? Well, I see a lot of uh, vegan restaurants opening a lot, a lot more. I mean, before we opened, there was only one black. Owned, well, there, there was a couple. But let me just speak to the black owned perspective, because Baltimore is predominantly black city. There was only one. And then we came and then a lot more. So I think it's motivating people to open up more vegan businesses, which is a good thing. And then you speak to about default veg. I think that's an excellent concept to follow. And they're actually one of the sponsors of Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week, because, yeah, we should be defaulting to veg and making those other options alternative. That should be the norm. So we're actually shifting uh, the paradigm. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this all across the country. I mean, something needs to be done. We see what's going on in the world with the pandemic, the climate uh, change, all of that. And we need to make some moves and the moves need to be uh, strategic, but impactful. And so I think what's really interesting, Sam, is that you can give us the perspective. Explain, you're saying you run in what you would call an omni restaurant. It's not a strictly vegan restaurant. Um, are you representative of what's happening in the industry as a whole in terms of incorporating more plant-based vegan menu items? I mean, listen, I've been vegan I wish I had my date the way I have my sobriety date, uh, which is April 1st, knock on wood, 26 years, but it's sometime around 23, 24 years, right around the time that Howard Lyman, the mad cowboy was on Oprah because that's how I went vegan. He interviewed me and um, he, he uh, very, in two words, liquid meat convinced me to go vegan. Uh, but the point is that I would go to a, a restaurant with my friends, my pre-vegan friends, and I would have two options, a baked potato and a salad, and maybe <laughs> uh, some, some, some steamed vegetables. And sometimes the very annoyed chef would come out. Once I was with a friend who was vegan as well, and we were at a French restaurant, and the chef came out and dumped a bunch of raw vegetables on our table and said, here. That was so shocking. Um, I've been uh, uh, treated with hostility by waiters, ridiculed, um, served um, dishes that I was told were vegan and actually had dairy, fish, meat, eggs in it and caught it because we vegans, we take one taste we know. Mm -hmm. But those were the, the old days, the bad old days. Mm -hmm. Now we're in a different universe. Describe the universe today because... I'm not just talking about Venice, California and Brooklyn, New York. I want to I want to talk about the United States in general and even the world. But let's let's get a picture from you as a restaurateur who's in the weeds, in the thick of it. Where are we today? If we look at that as the negative, the 
where are we to the 100%? Oh, well, I mean, I would say that there's been a, a large global food, cultural global food shift. I think that um, if you look at, you know, the UK, um, uh, certainly all over America, um, the coasts, like you see these things that are happening in a much larger scale. And what you're talking about, like those hostilities, they still exist, but I feel like they are, uh, they are becoming the minority. You know, that's you how vegan the- restaurant week started because someone was hostile to me and I was upset about it. That, I'm telling you the truth. That's how this whole thing started. I, I want to hear that. I want to so, hear that. Well, I was sitting in a restaurant where my brother-in-law was doing a marketing presentation, a marketing presentation. And it was a restaurant in Fells Point. I'm not going to name the name of this restaurant. Um, and I just kindly asked them to remove some cheese off of a mushroom disc. And it was this whole big production. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, are you serious? They told me to go around the corner and go eat at the other restaurant that happened to be all vegan restaurant. And I was so offended. I'm like, I'm here for my brother-in-law's event and this is how I'm being treated. Okay. So yeah, I just, my mind was like, we have to do something about this. And that's when I went in the Sam shop and they were having this vegan week. And I was like, you know what, what is going on here? And like, everybody needs to be doing this. And that's just how it started. It was the opposite of like her direct experience from earlier in the day or earlier in that week. And I think that, you know, we're in the service industry and our whole, if you love making people happy and you like, you know, making food for people and bringing people together, you know, sharing a meal is super powerful. For me as an Omni restaurant owner, I am so happy and proud to be able to have a place where there is literally something for everyone, you know? Well, okay. I'm not going to go there because um, (laughs) that's not my belief. That's not my belief system. I respect that. You know, something for everyone. Think about that and take it to its logical conclusion. Take it to its logical conclusion. (laughs) Something for everyone. What if I wanted, I can't even say, you know, uh, a human leg. So, but what I'm saying is, I understand your point. And your point is that if the consumer demand is there, it's time for the chefs who are sometimes they're, they look, I've had the experience where I've gone to galas at a hotel that is a vegan um, event and the chefs want to show every vegan they can make the non-vegan chefs at the hotel who work at the hotel want to show, oh, I can do the most amazing vegan dish and they make incredible things. And everybody's like, yay. Then you have other chefs who are like resistant and they're like, I don't want to make this taste good because I'm basically prejudiced against veganism and they'll make something that's horrible and um, they'll make it taste as dull and as bad and as unimaginative as possible because they're trying to prove a point. So this, these are some of the uh, internal battles that we experience as we move toward uh, the vegan tipping point and nothing is an event. It's a process. Brenda, uh, weigh in on that. Oh, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I certainly have had um, similar experiences to, to what you are uh, this what you were describing. Um, I'm a big event planner. Um, I before the pandemic, 
I, you know, along with Naja and, and other organizers would put on these, you know, really big events. And we've had events at hotels, for instance, where, um, you know, we've had to decide not to have an event um, at a particular venue because of the hostility um, that we experienced from the chefs that were in that space. And then at other times, I mean, they've sort of seen it as this huge challenge and this, you know, like this thing to be overcome. Like, yeah, I don't cook this way uh, normally, but I'm up to the challenge and I'm ready to, you know, experiment and be creative and, and see what I can come up with. Um, and so, you know, it just really comes down to the attitude of the person who um, is is making the food and, and who is owning the restaurant. Like with Sam, I, I just, not, you know, I, I don't meet that many, like very many restaurant owners who are just so open and, and, and happy and like with such a full heart and willing to like, you know, walk it waltz into you know this new world and do it so amazingly i mean the food is absolutely amazing so selection um, is incredible it's it's, yeah. it's like you know it really is. <laughs> it's just amazing mm. we have uh, so many comments david santucci says a friend of mine once told me to say you have egg and dairy dairy allergies at restaurants so they won't treat you like there's something wrong with you for ordering a vegan meal i said hell no if I want my food without animal products, the reason should matter. I refuse to play games when I'm not the one eating weird, abhorrent things. Uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, be careful. Why, you know, Dr. Dr. Melanie Joy, the Harvard-trained social psychologist who coined the term carnism said, we have to stop apologizing for being right. We have to stop being, oh, I'm apologizing because I want to save the planet and human world hunger and preventable diseases and stop water pollution and dietary racism and all sorts of other things that are the result of the world's most destructive industry, which is the meat and dairy industry. So that doesn't mean we have to go in with a sword and start fighting with everybody. It's a very fine line. And I applaud you, Sam, for... Um, doing what every single restaurant in America needs to do, which is um, get on that journey. And um, I, I just want to ask you what you would say to, again, I, I just want to go back to that point. Where are we on, on the scale of, let's say, you, you've heard of this Kinsey scale. We're going to talk about the vegan scale here. On one side, it's hostile waiters, hostile chefs, hot, hostile maitre d's, hostile restaurant owners, and on the other side, it's every single restaurant is 100% vegan and everybody's dancing in the streets. Where are we as a culture when it comes to restaurants? And obviously, let's just set aside from the second, or maybe not, that we're in the midst of a pandemic that has uh, caused a lot of restaurants to rethink their entire um, their entire strategy. So, uh, so yes, weigh in. Thank you, Sam. To that point earlier, you know, talking about this global shift, certainly the pandemic is the consequence of our dependency on dairy and meat, on industrial farming, right? We're, we're living through this pandemic because of the abuse of animals. And there has been a huge shift in the marketplace. And, you know, something that we talk to restaurants about all the time, and certainly in, in part of our promotions for Vegan Week is, you know, telling people that are passionate about plant-based foods you vote with those dollars. So if you find restaurants that are putting plant-based foods on their menus and you support them, they will have more. They will start to radically change their menus. You'll see it because, you know, paying the rent 
You know, that, that it's a, it speaks to the people that are running businesses, that are running restaurants. And a lot of people have really eaten crow. You know, Gordon Ramsay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Species is sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize for my use of <laughs> <laughs> um, humble yeah. pie, let's say. Uh, humble pie. Oh, humble pie. Uh, Gordon Ramsay, you know, used to be a very difficult anti-vegan veg person, but he actually made a beet Wellington just this past year and it was beautiful. And seeing that is huge. I think it sends a, a big message to other chefs that might try to emulate or, or look up to him as a mentor that the world is changing and they need to catch up. I love it. We've got Kim who's calling in. Kim, your question or thought for our panel. Kim? So I'm, um can you hear me? Yes, we can. You can hear me? Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I missed the beginning, so I'm sorry if I'm repetitive. Hopefully not. Uh, a good friend of mine works in the hotel business, and it's a shocking how how often, and right here in L.A., they are, like, they offer nothing vegan, and they're pathetic. And I'm, uh, is there, like, what's the easiest way, not only for hotels, but restaurants in general, the easiest way to let them, you know, find someone to help them figure out that they need to add vegan options and how to add that. Is there an org out there, an organization, or, you know, what what can you do to, to help them add stuff and to make them realize that they need to? I think, Kim, you're raising a great point. We've been talking a lot about restaurants, but hotels, oh, my gosh, we all go to conferences pre-COVID, where we're at a vegan conference and they're bringing out, they're trying to bring out dairy creamer, you know? Um, what, it, it, there's so many organizations you are all involved in. Is there an aspect of your, of anybody's organization that is dealing with hotels? Well, oh. you mentioned default veg. Yeah. Um, they yes. are an amazing resource and that is specifically what they are setting out to do is to yes. help um, institutions to, uh, to, to radically change their menus um, so that the, the majority of the menu is plant-based. So default veg is a really, yes. really good resource for that. Yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing and you got to bring it up to man. I hate to stay at a, a five-star hotel and pay all this money per night and you don't even have a vegan option. And I let management know and I let them know in feedback, email, and in the face because all this money, and even when I'm attending conference, all this money, and you don't have any vegan options, I, I, I make it known. So you got to just voice, write, email, whoever. And then again, Default Veg is, is, is there, and that's great. It's a great organization to go to um, and, and get this word out. But yeah, something really needs to be done with the hotel industry. All right, Absolutely. we're going to take a short break on Voice America, but we're going to stay live. <laughs> Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hello. We've got an incredible panel. We're talking about so many things because these women do so many things. It's hard to really say where we're going to focus. But right now we're going to focus on the Afro-Vegan Society's Veguary Campaign, and just lay it out for those who may be unfamiliar with it. We've heard all about Veganuary, which is incredibly successful. That's based in the UK, and more than half a million people, I think 600,000 people, tried vegan in January. Now we're in February. What is it, and how can people get involved, Brenda? Yeah, so it is a 28-day uh, vegan pledge program that was specifically uh, sort of targeting uh, folks uh, from marginalized communities uh, to just try it, to, to try going uh, vegan with us. We are there, you know, supporting them uh, every step of the way, giving resources, lots of education. Uh, we're doing daily. So every single day of February, there is programming, which was quite a daunting um <laughs> goal i don't know what we were thinking but it, you know it's been going- programming because so put- yeah um so we're doing the majority of it so um panel discussions we put together amazing panels we're doing live interviews we're doing q a's um and as well as we kind of put it out there to the community to the vegan community hey if you have some content if you have a video or you know a talk or something like that send it in and you know if if you follow our guidelines maybe we'll um you know put it on our platform and And so tell us what your platform is for those i think i have it in the intro but for those who are curious. Yeah, so AfroVeganSociety.org uh, is uh, the website, and then we're um, at AfroVegan Society on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and as well as Instagram, and uh, we've even been doing some stuff on Clubhouse, uh, and so, you know, and and. It's, it's just been really great. I mean, every single day we're putting out some kind of educational um, video. And then we're also doing live Q&As on Instagram. And we're doing, um, yeah, we're, we're doing it. And we also um, have been kind of tapping into black history um, because there's a lot uh, there, you know, there's a lot of connections between vegan living, plant-based eating, and um, the history of the Black community. And so, you know, we've been putting out um, information like that through our platforms as well. Absolutely. And just, 
I've always, Cory Booker is like my hero, the senator from New Jersey who's vegan, who's promoting all sorts of legislation that would uh, try to get rid of these concentrated animal feeding operations, which are such horrors, hell on earth. Uh, but I wasn't aware of that the Reverend Al Sharpton, who was a CNBC, uh, MSNBC uh, host, is vegan. I was so thrilled to hear that. And I've noticed, you know, he's been very trim for years. He looks great. And uh, I actually was a local news reporter in New York uh, years and years, decades ago. And I remember covering him and he was, didn't look as good as he looks today. Amazing. And um, we've got, I was not aware that Stevie Wonder is vegan. That blew my mind. Just doing a little research. We all know about the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus are vegan. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, Alice Walker, the famed author, Dick Gregory, we all know about. We knew, I think most people that Coretta Scott King was uh, vegan and her son, who is the son of Martin Luther King Jr. Dexter is vegan. Angela Davis, 77 years young, is vegan. And I was not aware that Rosa Park was a vegetarian. Wow, 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 wow. Um, it was just, uh, it's just amazing. And I think we need to get that information out to more people. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, um, Jane, the information has been out there. Tracy McCurder put out the first African-American vegan starter guide for us by us. And you can go to AfricanAmericanVeganStarterGuide.com. She gives the historical timeline, which you know, starts with the Seventh-day Adventists. This is a religious group. So we've been here. We just haven't been, you know, commercialized and putting a lot of money behind the movement. But we've been here. You got the Rastafarians. You got the Black Hebrew Israelites. This is nothing new to us. Yes, well, uh, absolutely. And I know, for example, when I used to travel to Atlanta, when I worked at CNN, and I would go in what they call the Dome, CNN Massive Headquarters, which has a lot of fast food restaurants, no offense, but that's the fact, I would go out to Vegan Soul in the Highlands. And there's this incredible Vegan Soul restaurant um, that is historic there. Now there are more vegan restaurants, but at the time, that was one of two vegan restaurants that I identified in Atlanta, and it was very good. We've got a caller, Paige, on hold, your question or thought, Paige. I have so much respect for all of you. Thank you for covering this. I was going to ask February, but now I want to ask, how can we bring Vegan Week across the nation? What's your suggestion? We're working on it. We, we, we started in Baltimore. We expanded into Maryland, and it takes participation and people being advocates and getting their favorite restaurants involved. Let me, let me just say, what is Vegan Week? Lay it out for us, Naja. Well, Sam, I'll let Sam. Sam okay. launched it. I just launched her idea. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Sam, take it away, my dear. So Vegan Week is just an effort uh, for to get as many restaurants as possible to bring on plant-based dishes uh, for the period of time during the event. Um, it, you know, we initially started out at the restaurant. We would do it seven days. When Naja and I partnered up, we did it two weeks, then 15, 18, 20 days. We're doing it almost the entire month of February now. Um, so many restaurants sign up. We want to make sure that uh, plant-based eaters and veg curious people can get out to as many restaurants as possible to taste everything. But yeah, I mean, we were the first in the nation to do vegan week. Um, and within, 
break it down a little bit. How do you approach other restaurants that are not vegan and say, hey, what do you say to them? What's your pitch? Because I agree with what Paige said. If we could Mm -hmm. get this across the country and then global, my gosh, that here's the marketing plan because everything is marketing, even trying to get someone to go vegan. We need advocates in every single county of every state because every state has counties, just like Maryland has counties, Baltimore City of Montgomery County, this county. We need advocates in every single county. And then you need that across the entire country in every state. So this is a huge movement and there's got to be more people involved. We're a group of four. It's just four of us in this group, me, Sam. Destiny so and Jen. That's go? it. Where do people go to get information? And I, I really want to drill down into the weeds here on what mm-hmm. you do. You contact a restaurant that's not vegan and you say what, Sam? We tell them that we are housing a or holding a vegan week. We would like them to participate. It's inexpensive. We're going to promote your business for an entire month. We have seen, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Restaurants see between 10 and 20% increase in their sales during vegan week. That that really speaks to people. And, you know, we talk to them about menu inclusivity. We talk to them about serving underserved uh, parts of the community, how important that outreach is and how easy it is. You know, uh, we held an expo where we connected lots of restaurants, anybody who was interested in just coming down with other local businesses and micro businesses in the area to connect them with plant-based foods. You know, uh, Brenda uh, is part of a co-op. We connected them with her co-op. Do you do this on the phone? Because no, we do it through social media. Okay. And the plan definitely is Sam is the Omni restaurant. I'm a 100% vegan restaurant. So I don't know if they want to hear from me. Vegan restaurants want to hear from me, but she's the face because she is the protege to get all these restaurants on board. So if they see the success of what she's doing, we can get more restaurants like this involved. The, the vegan restaurants will come. That, that's not a major deal. Well, We're trying to get the Omni restaurant. Exactly. Every exactly. Every vegan option. Exactly. I, I like this. So this needs to be a national campaign. Did it start in Maryland? and ha- It started in Baltimore City. It was piloted in Baltimore City. Now we're branching out to Maryland, the, the, the counties of Maryland. Oh, and so we need to make this national. So yeah. where do people go to find out? Because we could MDVeganEats.com. They MDVeganEats.com. Go to that site. You see the history. We got all the press there, archive press, videos, all the information you need, uh, you know, including resources. Uh, uh, Meatless Monday implement- implementation guide is there. We also have default veg on there. Um, it's just a matter of are you interested? Do you want to learn? Because we're not here busting people over the head. Do you want to learn how to do this? Are you going to be committed to do this? Or is, just, or is this just about making the money? There has to be a commitment as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so what they do is they immediately whip up how many uh, vegan options, uh, Sam? Whatever is comfortable. We ask, you know, between three and five in non-COVID times. Um, and we really ask them to have a wide price range, you know, so that that inclusivity reaches into the pockets of people, you know, makes food accessible to everyone. Um, and it's, everyone has been really compliant. We see some people over, you know, go crazy, which is awesome. And they have huge menus. Um, you know, some people just have a few options and they highlight things that they already have, plant-based options that they already have existing on their menus, which is super helpful because we're just trying to connect plant-based eaters 
to these businesses that are, you know, putting plant-based options on their menus so that everybody has more variety. We've Can I give you some feedback of what we've been hearing? Can I give you some feedback? Let me just go to our caller uh, because okay. we lose them if we don't get them. David, your question or thought, David? Hi, Jane. Hey, thank you for reading my comments a minute ago. Um, and thank you and everyone there. Thank you guys so much for everything you're doing for the animals and for humanity. Um, it's really inspiring to see so many, there's so many more activists and people getting involved and you guys are attacking this from every angle, restaurants and everything. And I guess my question is, you know, it seems like we're still fighting against, you know, hundreds or I guess thousands of years of inertia and culture, cultural programming. And it seems to me like there are a lot of people with a lot of visibility, celebrities and people like that, who, uh, you know, there's more and more of them kind of coming out and talking about veganism, but still not very many. And I'm wondering, is there a way to get to um, people in positions of high visibility and get them to band together and really make this a mainstream, uh, you know, if somebody could make a, a movie that was like a major Hollywood full-length feature film or something focusing on, you know, someone's vegan journey or, you know, I, I just feel like we're fighting against this, you know, this huge institution. The commercials are all, all over TV all the time. Everywhere you drive, there's billboards every 10 seconds showing dead animals on a plate. And it's like, I feel like, how can we how can we attack that right at the right at the core and, and yeah. actually take over the airwaves and, and get that message out to people that, hey, you don't need to exploit and harm and abuse and enslave others in order to exist, in order to live a happy, healthy existence. We don't need to cause all this suffering and carnage anymore. Um, you know, uh, David, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would like to say there's no one solution and everybody is racking their brains coming up with a million solutions. I mean, the women on this panel have come up with my gosh, how many organizations? There's at least six organizations that you're all involved in um, and uh, doing all sorts of strategies. And then you can point to 100,000 other organizations, whether it's Veganuary or Default Veg or um, a Million Dollar Vegan or a billion. I mean, there's everybody's doing what they can. What I would say to you is whatever your skills are, use your skills to... Uh, help animals. Uh, we have a violinist who uses her violin skills to perform at uh, galas. Mm. You have a painter who raises money by doing paintings at live auctions. So it doesn't, if you're an accountant, do pro bono work for uh, a, a nonprofit. If you're a bookkeeper, call me. No, I have a great <laughs> bookkeeper. Um, but whatever you have your skills, whatever your skills are, use them to um, come up with solutions. Sometimes though, you find a gem that you go, oh my gosh, this is genius. We need to expand it coast to coast immediately. And I'm seeing this vegan restaurant uh, campaign. Uh, tell me the exact name of it again, Sam. Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week. Okay, Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week needs to be U.S. Vegan Restaurant Week and then Global Vegan Restaurant Week. So um, we, need to, we need to confab about that and figure out how we can turn this great idea into a national, first a national and then global uh, event. We need and to do the news conference, Jane, like the plant-based uh, Kamala. 
Yes, the we petition, sign a petition, perhaps. And anybody wants to know about that, go to change.org forward slash plant power Kamala and sign yes. the petition. But something like that, you know, we got influence from the UK to get their uh, government involved. So, you know, that's that's a strategy. I like America's Vegan Restaurant Week. I think that sounds good. <sighs> Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But let me let me just say what I had to say. There are people out there that are saying that restaurants that are participating, they had no idea they had plant-based options on the menu. So this whole initiative and marketing and getting the exposure out to the restaurants is really bringing a lot of attention. Um, because if folks didn't know you had vegan options, then the marketing efforts, whatever's going on, you know, it, it, they need our help. Well, spread the, message. Guy, the guy who said to me, I've never eaten a vegan meal and I never will. And I said, have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> and he said, yeah. I said, well, you've had a vegan meal. And that's an educational piece. <laughs> it's the word vegan that's really throwing people off. We're going to yeah. take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we'll stay live on Facebook. We'll be back in a second. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We've got an extraordinary panel. We are talking to the head of the Afro-Vegan Society about veguary, which is go vegan in February, which is Black History Month. We're talking about a plan to take the Maryland uh, vegan options for all restaurants concept nationwide and global. And we've got a caller. Uh, Sarah, what's your question, my dear? Hi. Oh, I'm so glad that I was able to get on. I wanted to find out there's a movie coming out called They're Trying to Kill Us. And I wanted to find out when is it actually coming out and what platforms will it be broadcast so we can t- start telling people? 
Thank you, Sarah. Um, Brenda, oh, do you know anything about that? Yeah, but I, I, just yeah. a little, um, because I just recently had a conversation with John Lewis. Um, it was a black filmmakers panel discussion and he did bring up uh, the film and he had some he, he said that he had uh, some really exciting news that he was getting ready to um, announce and so I think that we're going to be getting some more information about the film and who's going to pick it up and and when very soon so I would look out for that on John Lewis the badass vegans uh, social media yes he is an incredibly dynamic and powerful and talented uh, producer, and I cannot wait to see that film. And maybe our last 10 minutes, we can talk about this. Uh, taking the power back. Obviously, this has been an extraordinary year, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and there is a growing appreciation with folks like Gwenna Hunter of um, Vegans for Black Lives Matter, connecting the dots between racial oppression, dietary racism, environmental racism, um, and uh, general exploitation. And so there's been growing in the ether this conversation that the, uh, let's, since we're with the Afro vegan society, communities of color in general, but the African American community in particular, leveraging consumer dollars uh, in a way that would not only improve their health but also create a very powerful consumer base by, for example, boycotting fast food, which is one of the major, if not the major way that most uh, people are eating meat and dairy. Uh, Brenda, I, I wanted to ask you to address it uh, as the head of the Afro-Vegan Society. Yeah, sure. So what we are doing um, and, and, you know, my team and, and our activism is about making vegan living um, accessible and affordable and but also relatable uh, because it's not a if we build it they will come kind of situation people need to first of all be educated about what vegan living is first and then why it's so important um, what the benefits are to not only um, you know their their own personal lives but also their families and their communities uh, and then we have to do the work of making plant-based foods affordable and accessible to people where are, are, are we bringing those foods into people's communities are we making them affordable because you know there's lots and lots of companies that are coming out now with all these vegan options and that's great especially for people who you know can afford to purchase them but now we're talking about the people who are at the furthest margins of society and Sam was talking a little bit about this you know just accessibility of these foods if we want to talk about you know uh, black people low-income black people um, you know boycotting fast food what is going to be the alternative it can't just be well beans and rice are cheap right because mm -hmm. that's everybody's first answer beans and rice are cheap but who out here is only eating beans and rice every single day every single meal all day long no right. Right. just like there's variety in the fast food and all these different things that they're eating we need to be able to say look this is the wide variety of affordable vegan foods that you have available this is how you make them. Here's the cooking demo. Here's the, you know, this and that. And just really provide resources. And that's what Afro-Vegan Society is doing, providing and, yeah. those resources. Yeah, you, you made a thought in my head is that it's very hard. We know that fast food is packed with addictive elements, sugar, salt, and fat. Three elements that humans are 
programmed, biologically, genetically programmed to crave in past times to get us through times of famine. So they know that they pack the food with salt, sugar, and fat. It's like asking somebody to go from, um, you know, heroin to chewing gum like that. You, it's mm -hmm. very hard if you are eating fast food, it's an addiction. They've and then it's fast. The key word is fast. Some convenient. people are not going to cook. Yes. If they're, they're not going to cook at all. They want yeah. it quick, fast. They got children. They all got to eat. And how are we going to get this done One really quick and really I'm cheap? Personally learning from this pandemic, being uh, in my home, cooking every day for myself for the first time in my life is that there's something wrong with fast food. In other words, oh, I thought I was saving time. No. Uh, the time I spend cooking is an important time, and we should spend time cooking. That's been my big wake up. I thought, you know, there's no shortcuts, but actually cooking and chopping vegetables and, and going through that experience, it creates a different relationship with food. And I just learned that myself on a personal level, because I wasn't somebody, I'd say, oh, I go to restaurants. Well, that should be a treat. Now I'm learning and I don't think I'm ever going to give up on it. I'm going to continue to cook more at home and I'm cooking cabbage. I'm cooking cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. And this is something I never did before. And uh, so we need to also show people the benefits of cooking at home. It creates Absolutely. community and family. I'm here just with my three dogs and a cat, but for people who have families, you know, we have to get back to that too, of gathering people around and cooking together um, and doing it with healthy foods. Lisa uh, is on hold. Lisa, your question or thought. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on. I think this is a great show today. And you're right. It's more than beans and rice. We, 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 can't, just, we can't just do that. But I think it's all about the sauce. So I think when we can teach people how to make sauces and dressings that are low calorie, that, that either don't, don't use oil, perhaps use uh, nut butters and um, cashew creams, to give a little bit of body and flavorings that that you can really take something very ordinary and make it extraordinary. So yes, you can have beans and rice, but you just use different beans and then you use different kinds of grains. It doesn't necessarily have to be rice. It can be quinoa and then you can vary the vegetables and you have a great sauce. And, 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 and those components can be a burrito. It can be a bowl dish. It can be. All right. You're making me hungry, Lisa. <laughs> So it can be a variety of things. You can take those, it can be a saute. So you can take those same ingredients and make it look three or four different ways. So I think that's really important. Let's come up with some great sauces and market and teach people how to make those so they don't have to either market them or teach people how to make them so that they can, they can use those. Um, one of the things I wanted to say, I don't want to take up too much time, is you know, we're having so much backlash now. You know, Black Lives Matter is, is, is in the forefront, and I think that's wonderful. And what I'd like to see is Black Lives Matter partner with what's going on all the Asian, uh, in the Asian community, all the abuse, because there are people that think that Asian people brought COVID here, which is just well, insane. Let me, let me just, and uh, no, Lisa, we need, we, need to, we need to integrate the groups that are oppressed. Yes, well... That is a very good point. Thank you, Lisa. Our focus today, though, is on the Afro-Vegan Society, right. the African- Yeah, because they're not just saying Chinese. They say Black people brought it over here, too, depending on what the narrative is. So there's a lot of narratives. Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, my personal belief is that uh, climate change is going to bring us together because we're, if we don't create a vegan world and do it soon, we're going to have an ecological apocalypse and nobody is going to be left untouched. Um, but, but thank you, Lisa. Okay, we've got four minutes to our close. I want to start with you, Sam. Um, give me your 30-second recap on what we need to do and what you're doing. First, I'd say if you are a plant-based person, the best thing that you can do is reach out to restaurants that you want to dine at. Um, you know, my family, my extended family, was not all vegan. I've been vegan for two years, and uh, eating, being able to share a meal with them and being able to share my plant-based meals with my family made them believers. You know, my dad, oh, God bless him. <laughs> my dad is like 95% plant-based now. And I feel like that's a win. Every, every plate is a win. So when you want to see those things out in those restaurants, contact them. You can send them recipes. You can put them in touch with other organizations. You can put them in touch with our organization. We have access and ability to get people with um, menus, chefs that have recipes so that we can, we can spread this plant-based uh, awareness everywhere. Thank you, Naja. Yeah, we talked about plant uh, fast foods and things like that. I mean, we, we got Plant Burger out in Columbia and Silver Spring, you know, maybe uh, give some of that a try. And anyone looking for grants to promote uh, eating the change, there is grants coming up through Eat the Change, eatthechange.org. So I ask people to check them out uh, and apply for grants so we can continue uh, work in this movement. And Come down to the Land of Kush, landofkush.com if you're in the area. And please visit mdveganeats.com if you're in Maryland so you can support some of the uh, participating restaurants for Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week. I appreciate you having us on, Jane. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Brenda Sanders, final thoughts. Yes, I was just going to say uh, go over to Veduary um, at afroveganSociety.org and check out the program. It's not just for, you know, aspiring vegans. We have lots of vegans that are participating that are just being a support system for the folks who are going through the pledge program so go over there and check it out and be a part of it i just uh want to say that i'm so inspired i've heard so many good ideas today that it's hard to even oh i want to do this i want to do that uh but um support veguary obviously and just like they say about veganuary you can do veguary any any month so all the information that's there if you miss veguary you could start in march or april or may any month ending in Y, by the way. <laughs> and um, I love this idea of uh, doing a, uh, taking the Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week and turning it into the America's Vegan Restaurant Week and providing incentives for this other restaurants to um, expand their vegan menu items and maybe give them some reward for keeping it on permanently. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, the, we got a summer one coming up, so maybe we can try and take a stab at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the idea that during this pandemic, um, things are shifting. I remember when it first started, uh, I talked to Dr. Silas Rao, who was the star of our uh, documentary, Countdown to Year Zero. He's a systems analyst that's creating a vegan world by 2026. You can watch this on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, it, it showcases his work. And I was, of course, like everyone, freaked out. And he said, Mother Nature is holding an intervention. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm 
very sad for all the people who are suffering, but this is Mother Nature staging an intervention on the human race saying, go to your rooms, you've been bad. Think about your relationship with the natural world. Come out more evolved or we as a species are really gonna be endangered. Uh, and when he said that, it gave me a completely different perspective on what's happening. And now during this pandemic, while tragically a lot of vegan restaurants, well, tragically people are dying, uh, people are losing their homes. I mean, it's a tragedy, but in crisis, there is also opportunity for us to rethink some of the things that led to this pandemic that are leading to our problems. And um, our abuse of animals, obviously, is uh, the leading factor. It's a zoonotic pandemic. They've just eliminated the conspiracy theory of the lab. It jumped from animals to humans. And whether it started in a wet slaughter market or somewhere else, it is all about humans' toxic relationship with the natural world and the animals in it. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. <laughs>